Welcome to Drive Your Own Adventure with Benjamin Starr. With holiday parks and resorts across New South Wales and Queensland, find your dream destination with Ingenia Holidays. Welcome back. We're driving our own adventure here today and we're lucky enough to uh, have a man who, well, we just went on a tour of the Cairns Aquarium and you suddenly realise what entrepreneurialism is all about. Daniel Leipnecht is joining us in the studio. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. I would have presumed... This is my background in, in working in, in governments and stuff, that this was all owned by the Queensland government and they were so passionate about keeping all this this wildlife alive to show people. But you're the visionary behind all this. This is your building. Yes, there's actually two of us. It's my partner and myself. We really wanted to showcase the region's most magnificent ecosystems and biodiversity, mm. but also connect people to nature, which we feel there's a lack of that at the moment. Mm. So in total, there are three levels, and uh, it's on a 4,000-square-metre block of land. Mm -hmm. uh, but between all three levels, we've got 7,800 square metres of, uh, of facility. How long did it take to build this joint? So um, the, the building part was actually almost a smaller part. It took just under two years. Right. Uh, but there was actually five years of design and engineering work. So four stages of very incredibly technical and detailed design and engineering works. Mm -hmm. um, and then two years of actual construction. Uh, some of the most exciting parts were when all of the different exhibits either arrived in or were created on site. Mm. And then we started filling them up with water and... Uh, essentially put in all of the life support systems, which are the, uh, which is a fancy name for all of the plants and equipment that processes all the water. Yeah. And then turning everything on and seeing water move around everywhere. That was pretty, pretty amazing. As well, of, of course, adding in all the livestock. There's about um, 16,000 fish and aquatic creatures. <laughs> so that was a lot of truckloads of uh, fish coming in. Unbelievable. And so you had to have a, a coordinated effort. You had to have a, a team of scientists, I imagine, and people that uh, understand how all these 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 things live. Correct. We've got, we've got full-time um, um, aquarists, marine biologists, fisheries ecologists, <laughs> uh, reptile specialists, which are called herpetologists. Yes. Um, so, yeah, very large team of specialists who... Uh, it's like have, an episode of Jurassic Park walking through the back there. You've got... We, we did see it, the, the little eggs in... in specially designed fridges and, um, you know, you don't know what's going to pop out of it, but it's almost like um, you are a custodian to saving a lot of things here that uh, I didn't realise were on the extinction list. Correct. Uh, yeah, the, the aquarium is, uh, in the main, it really is a public attraction so people can come and see and interact with livestock. But um, we also have a conservation component to our business as well as a education component. So um, for us, it's very fundamental mm. um, that people actually learn about the uh, incredible wildlife that is in this region and some of the threats that they face as well. Can I really uh, ask you, is global warming as bad as what people are making it out or is it an overreaction? Is it the fact that the world goes through these changes? Is it Mother Nature trying to readjust to these 7 million foreign people that don't seem to respect the, the balance? There is an imbalance, I get it. Yeah. Um, from everything that I've read and I can see, um, global warming caused by uh, the effects of man is mm. having an absolutely devastating impact on the planet, but also the number of people and what we need to consume both food and fresh water every day is having those impacts as well. So uh, it's it's something that um, is both distressing to us, but mm. also motivates us to want to have a facility like the Cairns Aquarium, 
where we can actually connect people back to nature and make them recognise and appreciate um, just how important nature is and how amazing it is. I mean, you're doing a job that governments should be funding millions into. I mean, it's in their interest to protect um, the Daintree Forest. It's in their interest to protect species that are now becoming ex extinct. I mean, we walked through your fabulous facility and you were telling us about these lizards that no longer are out in the wild because they're, they're going to be killed off. Turtles that are, you know, passing away or becoming extinct because foxes were introduced. Um, so man has really done some terrible things. I mean, you know, like, you know, the foxes. Are there wild cats that are also affecting these 20, things? 20 million uh, feral cats. And why don't um, we cull those? Um, there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, government is in the principal role of um, needing to be doing more of this work. Um, there are programs. There's not enough of them. Mm. Um, hopefully, over the next few years, we'll see more and, and the different levels of government will wake up to the fact that they have uh, an important responsibility in being um, stewards of the planet. Uh, that would be very nice to see. So... People that come through your aquarium, what do you want them to see and what do you want them to learn? Do you want them to become custodians of your world that you've created or is it, is it broader than that? Uh, I think there's a few uh, mission or aims that we have. Um, one of them is for people to actually come in contact with the species of the region yeah. so they can kind of recognise just how beautiful it is. But then also when they leave, um, they will have left knowing more about them, knowing about... Um, some of the um, threats that these creatures face. And then hopefully they'll go back to, um, and also start taking a bit of a, uh, a look at how they live their lives, whether it's, um, uh, you know, waste to landfill, whether it's the amount of energy that's consumed, uh, the type of transport that we use, um, and, and even the, the food habits that we have, maybe even getting off some of the meat and going for more vegetarian diets. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly connecting to nature is the very first stage of learning about how amazing the planet is, and I think that that encourages more people to take a look at their impacts that they have individually. We did an interview at Paranella Park um, sometime during this series, and the man that invented that, um, you would have to say, back in the 1930s, would have been classed as a complete crazy guy. I mean, why on earth would you want to build something there, and what was the point of it? But you could see this guy had a, a, a vision and a passion. Entrepreneurialism seems to be very much alive and well up here. And what's interesting is the people that are the custodians who have taken over it are even probably more passionate about keeping it alive. Well, there was actually a moment in time that, that actually led to this whole project. And we were actually out on the reef. We went to one of the islands and we noticed at the time uh, a lot of overseas tourists had arrived, mm -hmm. but many of them weren't actually going in the water. And so we, we learned afterwards that there are um, a lot of foreign nationals that are either uncomfortable in the water or can't swim. And some of them are even afraid of jellyfish or stinging creatures. Okay. And so we, we saw that there was a market opportunity to basically bring the Great Barrier Reef and the Daintree Rainforest creatures on land so people who weren't comfortable in the water could actually see and experience these creatures in a land-based attraction. And these are automated and fully computerised water purification plants and equipment. And what it does is it um, puts all of the 5 million litres of water on site through seven different types of mechanical and biological filtration every hour. So uh, a massive amount of filtration that goes on. And that happens because we don't have access to uh, clean salt water on site. So all of our systems that we've developed have what's called um, 
it's a closed life, um, closed cycle life support system, and we basically regenerate all of that fresh, clean water ourselves on site. So, so I imagine it's it's more or less like dialysis for fish to keep them alive. But if there was a power blackout here, I suppose you've got power backup to keep everything running. Yeah, we've thought about that as well. We've got a uh, 550 kilowatt backup generator, so the whole place with every single thing going uh, can keep functioning in case of power outage. So we have five different shark species here. Um, we've got uh, grey reef sharks, which are those, leopard yeah. sharks, uh, bamboo sharks, yeah. white tip reef sharks, and white tip reef sharks. Um, there's a different species of trevally. There's Australia's uh, largest bony fish on the reef, which is yes. the uh, giant Queensland groper. And they'll actually grow to three metres and weigh 400 kilos. You couldn't even lift it. I think one of the one of the most wonderful moments for me is every single day we have people here that are either uh, have cognitive challenges or are physically challenged, mm. and you know they can't go out to the Great Barrier Reef or they can't walk around the rainforest. So sure. um, probably the most rewarding thing is knowing that we've created a facility um, that can be enjoyed by people of, of all different types. Education, is that a big part of what you're doing here as well? Yes, it is. Um, we have approximately um, two-thirds of all students of this region come through the aquarium each year. Mm. So there's roughly about 37,500 students. Uh, we have about 25,000 students a year. So mm. there's, there's groups every day. And, and that includes both the local students as well as international students. So mums and dads listening into this would be thinking now, you know, um, we've got to go to Cairns, we're going to go to Cairns, we want to see all these things. What should they see apart from the aquarium? from the aquarium. Well, we, we do see ourselves as um, a place where people can come to learn about the creatures of the Great Barrier Reef and the rainforest. Sure. So we see us as a great starting point. Mm -hmm. um, but then, of course, Skyrail is an amazing way of seeing the rainforest from above the tree canopy. Sure. Uh, and then, of course, going to the Daintree Rainforest is a magical experience. It's um, the oldest surviving rainforest in the world at mm -hmm. about a, 110 million years. Wow. And then seeing the Great Barrier Reef itself is a, is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So I think um, combined Combining all of those different features, you get a real feel for um, the amazingness of uh, tropical North Queensland. So we have a rainforest zone and that's because there is quite a large blur between uh, what is typically a forest and a very wet or even submerged rainforest and you get to see those creatures in this particular zone. It's interesting how miniature everything is. It becomes smaller, doesn't it? I had a turtle like that as a kid. And you can actually um, go under there and there's an underwater tunnel. Oh, really? So the kids can kind of get a feel yeah. for what it's like to be immersed in a river system. And all these little uh, critters need to have the logs and, and all that stuff as protection. Correct. Yeah. They, they hide in amongst there and, and raise their heads. Yeah. So this is what a rehabilitation centre? Yeah, so this is the first stage of our turtle rehabilitation centre. We plan on expanding and having several more uh, tanks here where we can re rehabilitate sick and injured sea turtles. So um, every year, unfortunately, about 5,000 sea turtles um, uh, die from the effects of plastics or other man-made causes. Yeah. And so there's a vital need to actually provide a rehabilitation centre such as this. Yes. And we essentially get calls from the public and we um, have a coordination and, and collaboration with Cancer Rehabilitation Centre. Yeah. So sick and injured turtles get brought in. We basically have them x-rayed, diagnosed, find out what's wrong with them, 
and then set them on a path of rehabilitation, primarily through providing um, a safe condition for them with good water quality sure. and feeding them and looking after them. Now, what and would a turtle like this weigh? You couldn't pick this um, up this, off the beach. This turtle weighs about 40 kilos. My goodness. And uh, when she's healthy, she'll probably weigh around 80 kilos. So they, they what lose. was her condition when she came in? Do you um, she, she was basically covered in barnacles, which was a sign that um, she wasn't doing well. Um, she had trouble swimming, so um, they did some x-rays and it was found that she had plastic bags in her stomach. And oh that, my goodness. Yeah, and that essentially clogs them up. They can't eat, um, they can't excrete, and that'll eventually kill them. So she would have had to have an operation to have the bags taken out of Correct. her mouth? She had the uh, plastic bags taken out of her stomach and now she's swimming again, she's able to remain um, buoyant or sink, and, and she's um, oh, the plastic e eating bags nicely. Oh, weren't letting it go down. Correct. Oh Correct. my goodness. Yeah. So she'll spend between six and nine months under care, yeah. and then eventually she'll go back out to sea as a healthy turtle. Well, I was horrified when we walked through and you showed us that beautiful sea turtle, which was 30 to 35 years old, and she was so placid and lovely. And then you explained to us why she was, why she's in your care. Yep. And you suddenly, re I mean, I've never come face to face with a turtle like that, but you tell the story. We lose about 5,000 sea turtles around Australia a year from the effects of man, whether it's... So she um, couldn't go down deep because the, the bags were like a, a life jacket, pushing her back up all the time? Well, basically she had stopped eating because oh. her gut was full of plastic and, and so... No you know, nutrients that, that and she just... Correct, so they, they start fading away. Um, so, yeah, certainly the impacts of plastic are... Uh, a real major issue on um, ocean life. Now, I think the other thing that uh, very quickly, which is worth touching on, is you're a visionary, right? And I love the whole word of entrepreneurialism. I think it's a, a great term. But, you know, what's your advice to young people listening into this today, to this interview? Um, you know, your life is, is your life and you've created this wonderful life for yourself and, and you've lived in other countries. What advice do you give to young kids that have a, a hope and a dream or even someone of our age that has a hope and a dream that might not have hit that dream yet that they think this is impossible, I can never do it? Um, it hard to answer in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, in life it's very important to surround yourself with other visionaries and mm. other people that have been successful. Mm. So um, if you do have some uh, plans of um, something significant that you want to do, make sure that the people around you um, are, have either got experience in that field um, or have got the capability to support you. Mm. So having a network of capable and qualified people will help you get somewhere faster. Um, the other thing is, you know, have persistence and perseverance. Mm -hmm. um, good things don't happen overnight. They take time. Mm -hmm. uh, this project was years in the making mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of persistence and seven days a week working. And a lot of heartache. A lot of heartache, a lot of hard work. Yep. Uh, but a lot of reward. So, yep. um, you know... Um, you know, inspire yourself and connect yourself and you'll have a much richer life much. for it. Fantastic. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for your time. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, which you are because we're talking to you, make sure you come to Cannes Aquarium. CEO and founder Daniel will be here and you'll have a great time. You'll learn so much about the reef and the Daintree Forest. You'll walk out a warrior wanting to save everything from the minute you walk out of this place. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Drive Your Own Adventure with Ingenia Holidays. With holiday parks and resorts across New South Wales and Queensland, Ingenia Holidays offers the ideal place for an extended break, weekend getaway or short stopover. 
Find your dream destination with Ingenia Holidays at www.ingeniaholidays.com.au.